Hello all, we're delighted to have Andy Jones, Head of Sales for Mobile Squared, who is an expert in mobile marketing channels. Andy talks about how they help their customers with their business and ATP channel development with their Message Map IQ service. We also have a very interesting discussion about how RCS developed, how Google moved into the market, how he sees the RCS market developing in the future. So pretty relevant to the industry. On a personal note, if you are a mobile ecosystem forum member or MEF, I'm standing for election to the MEF board. Can I ask you for a vote, please? I'm an experienced entrepreneur, have co-founded two successful telco companies, so I know what's involved in developing new businesses in the competitive market, and I'd be glad to talk to you and help you with your issues. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Netzer, the leader in digital sales channels for telecoms. Thank you for listening to our amazing innovators tell their stories. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's no video, Andy, on this because uh, I don't have a face for video, so that's the reason. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, my wife would. <laughs> Uh, listen, uh, to, to people who listen to the podcast, I'm talking to Andy from Mobile Squared. And Andy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Pat. Thank you for inviting me. Right. And uh, I made a joke last week. We were talking to, and uh, I, I'm making a presumption, Andy, you're from London, right? I'm from, well, I'll go with London because everyone knows where London is. Yeah. <laughs> where are you from? I'm from the south of England. I'm from Hastings, the Battle of oh, Hastings, really? 1066. Hastings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, my my uncle used to live there, so he sent me Battle of Hastings stamps back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I've got those as well, actually. Do yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, um, what's your career, Andy? How did you end up where you are today? Before we we start talking about uh, Mobile Squared. So, um, all right. So, Michael, so I did 27 years at BT. Um, so I started my apprenticeship at BT when I was uh, 16. Um, made my way, uh, heady, made my way to the heady heights of deputy general manager, mm. um, and I was predominantly responsible for uh, partner engagement and partner strategies. So I used to use third parties and you know fairly big third parties, Cisco and HP, to complement BT's portfolio with solutions that we didn't really have. So a customer will be interested in buying an IT outsource from BT as an example. And the only way we could do that was through partners. So I built a very successful partner channel. But BT, um, as part of my career, decided that they would move out of the mobile industry. So that, that was a very uh, interesting <laughs> development for myself. Um, <laughs> and actually, as the, you know, as the world started to move from, you know, kind of emails uh, into computing, you know, mobile was a very important part of that strategy. So um, I had a bit of a career change. So I decided that I couldn't stay with BT and moan that they didn't have a mobile operator business. So I decided that I would move on. So I was moved over to Mavenir, where oh, yeah. I took my HD audio proposition over there and successfully sold with that. And then through the UCAS portfolio and the intervention, I got heavily involved in messaging. So I became global business development um, lead for RCS messaging. So deployment in operator and cloud-based services. And that worked really well. So, you know, managed to secure some of the larger operator groups around the world to use Mavenir's technology. Very good. And then, yeah, very good. And then our, our, our buddies at Google um, became a little bit frustrated <laughs> with the market um, and decided that in order to maintain market share, they would um, they would make RCS a mainstream OTT product, which was actually, yeah. you know, a very good move. 
you know, the operators have been very slow to adopt. So Google deployed RCS um, as their guest cloud service. And that really opened the market up um, in lots of ways, but not necessarily for mapping it to sell in sure. network RCS solutions. So um, I, I uh, then um, took a little uh, vacation from Mavenir and went to work for Cineverse, um, involved in CPaaS and business messaging in, in EMEA. And, and I would say, you know, from, from that perspective, I've also been a user of uh, Mobile Squared's data mm-hmm. at uh, both Mavenir and Cineverse to basically substantiate the market opportunity, look at the size, you know, from an engagement point of view, and actually help with my pricing models because, you know, predominantly with a revenue share model, you need to make sure that there's enough revenue to cover your costs that you're investing to deploy the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously you want that to be in a situation where that grows and starts generating you some revenue. So so that was that. That's, that's, um, that's quite an extensive uh, area, wide area of experience. Andy, can I ask you in particular, like, the RCS has been sort of like hanging around for a long time under various guises. Um, is it, do you think it'll become like Google Message effectively, like uh, iMessage, the equivalent of iMessage? Yes, for sure. I mean, I, I think, you know, I think um, from an RCS perspective in the early days where you could only deploy, you know, RCS in network, um, the operators were very, you know, reluctant to to look at that as a, you know, a significant investment based on the fact that it was an Android-only marketplace. Um, and, and while, you know, while that was happening, you know, WhatsApp and, and Facebook Messenger and other OTT channels took a large share of the, you know, not only the P2P market, but started to offer A2P services. So, you know, typically for an operator with an in-network deployment, it takes you know, sometimes two years to realise that investment uh, and then start to monetize. Um, but then, you know, from a cloud perspective, you can use a cloud instance of RCS and actually be up and running, you know, instantly mm. um, and take the same approach as OTTs do. So, you know, the poor operators have regulation and, you know, compliance and standards to adopt, whereas OTT can be a very disruptive technology. So I think, you know, the, the, the position for Google in terms of acquiring Jibe, you know, is a very important position to put them into a, a position to be able to offer that service, you know, as well as yeah. the, the client at the end um, and then you know eventually to take the step and say you know this is not moving fast enough guys let's deploy it now as a, as a guest cloud service so you know 197 countries and if you want to work with us operators please do so you know yeah. that was a fundamental change they're, they're staying very open i was sort of interested that they stayed open to that because um I, I suppose technically they could implement it whether the operator wanted it or not you know so they they have tried to maintain relationships with the operator in fairness to google Yes, I mean, for sure. I mean, you know, it depends which part of the market you see. So from a mobile square perspective, it's really good to see, you know, Google putting so much emphasis behind us, yes. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but from a Mavenir point of view, you know, it very much is a disruptive model because Mavenir, you know, large yeah. share of the SMS and MMS marketplace, yeah, yeah. and they need to maintain that legacy. Um, and I suppose, you know, the GSMA sit, sit as part of this and, and you know, they're, they're influenced to get um, RCS adopted as a standard. While, you know, in, in principle, it looks okay. And Apple, you know, should have the ability to offer RCS as a drop back standard to their iMessage and Apple business message products. In reality, it's created, you know, that that isn't the case. So, you know, there are a couple of things around it. I think when you look at um, rich business messaging, it's a smartphone-only marketplace, and the two dominant players are, are Android and Apple within that. 
and, and there's nothing wrong with them having different technologies. They want to show you know market differential yeah. with innovation, which is great. Um, the common denominator that brings those all together is SMS. So you know we can all fall back and communicate via SMS. So everyone's built their own business benefits in that way. Right. Um, but then um, for the non-smartphone users, they can only receive SMS. So, you know, that's still a, still a big market. So the situation to say RCS is going to be the next ubiquitous standard for SMS is is maybe unachievable from the market perspective. Um, yeah. And certainly, you know, with an IoT that still depends on telemetry and, and you know, small SMSs to, to work, you know, I don't think we're ever going to get away from that situation. Would right. it be good yeah. if... Apple and Android were compatible at a rich business messaging level. Yeah, of course it would. It would make it very, very simple. But then, if in effect, that's what WhatsApp have got, haven't they? <laughs> and we're starting to see WhatsApp capitalise on that that market. Sure, sure. So, look, the, the reason you know an awful lot about this is essentially you spend most of your days, I'd say, analysing the market and talking to customers. So you're presently working for Mobile Squared. So maybe tell us a bit, a bit about Mobile Squared and some of the. So pretty exciting new stuff that you're getting up to. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I like I said, I'm a poacher turned gamekeeper, so I was very much dependent on Mobile Squared's data um, to substantiate my business model. Uh, um, one of the things that I realised, um, you know, realised when I joined um, uh, Mobile Squared is that people trust Mobile Squared more than they do trust the vendor that's trying to sell them the product mm. because, you know, when you're in there selling, you 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 have a bit of a bias towards your, your environment. So you want this unique market data view. So um, when I joined Mobile Squared, I basically um, sat down with Nick and Gavin and Joe and said, you know, this is the way that I use data. So you produce this data, which is brilliant, but I use it in a completely different way and it, it's not so user-friendly. So um, we sat down and had a little bit of a review in terms of what we wanted to achieve. And the, the, um, the, the first thing that came to mind was creating an omni-channel engagement index. So we know all these messaging channels exist, as, as well as email, voice, video. Um, but it's really difficult for the customer to decide which one is going to give them the best return. So to start with, we, we sat down and said, okay, well, let, let's create an omni-channel index like a Rubik's Cube, in effect, that if we get all the colours to match, that, in effect, will create the strategy for the brand to go to market. So, 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 so just that mic for a second, Andy, just so people understand that they may not be fully aware. So when businesses are contacting customers, they, they have a number of channels. You mentioned some of them there, so there's SMS, voice. Yeah. And, and what they... What you're looking to do is provide uh, those enterprises and those maybe those operators with a measure of how effective the channels are. Yeah, I mean, for certainly. So you know, you you can you, you, typically the way that a brand will approach a mass marketing campaign is via email. So you know, they'll send a mass email out, and that has you know a delivery rate, it has an open rate, then it has an engagement rate, and then it ultimately ends up you know for for people that go through the journey to make a transaction, and that's what we class as a normal user experience. And the, you know, the experience is very similar in SMS. You go through this normal journey, but for people that are uh, you know heavy mobile users. The, the mobile device itself presents the omni-channel in a single device. You can make a call, so you can call a contact centre, you can receive your emails, obviously you can go on the web, uh, send a business message, and you can download an app. So you've got everything there within within, within your device. And actually that means that, that certain different types of user groups are created out of that, that functionality. So you can basically live in mobile, do everything from you know renewing your car insurance to booking a health and fitness programme, 
to communicating with your friends, to scheduling a cup of coffee, to booking a hotel. So those super users live and breathe within that environment. But the technologies like email and, and SMS don't really allow them to do the things they want. So when you get into something like an, an app or rich business messaging application, it really takes you through this journey. So you can, you know, you can look at some products, you can select the products, you can find out if they've got the products, what size they've got, when it can be delivered, purchase it, the products, you get reminded to say it's coming. So the journey is really, really nice. Now, in a typical customer engagement experience, you know, I get an email from, from the company saying I've bought it get credit card confirmation, maybe verify it with a one-time password with an SMS. I then get a delivery email saying my order's going to be delivered then. Then I get a courier telling me, you know, it's very, very disjointed from an experience perspective. Whereas within rich business messaging, for a complete transaction, I have an audit trail of that. So mm-hmm. everything's appeared in my inbox. I can return to it at any point. It gives me a full audit trail. Yeah. So that's great from an A to P perspective. So I think, you know, a brand sent me a marketing or promotion and I've bought something. But then from a P to A perspective, I can always go back to that in my messaging channel. So I can go back to that and see, yeah, I bought those jeans in that size. I wonder whether they've got any more. So, you, you so it's see, it's like the Amazon account. You can see what you bought, and yeah, you know, yeah. So, so, so mobile squares. So, what? How do people engage? How do enterprises engage you? How do mobile operators engage you? I mean, it's a very reputable company. It's got great products. I've, I've looked at the reports through the years. Um, been very impressed with them. So. Um, Maybe talk a little bit about the, the, your new data offering. Yeah, so, so basically we've consolidated all of our data into a portal now. So we can we can look at data side by side across all the channels and give a very holistic view or a very granular view. And for a mobile operator, you know, they want to understand what's going on in the business messaging marketplace, you know, how that's going to affect their A to P SMS revenues. So we give a very precise view of, you know, what's go, going in and out in grey routes, you know, what type of frauds existed in the marketplace, whether tra- traffic's domestic or international, and also a view across the supply chain, you know, what the aggregators then doing with it, you know, are they selling messaging to particular verticals? So it builds up a very nice picture. Uh, for, so for a mobile operator, you know, number one priority is to stop re- revenue fraud. So basically, if they can bring revenue back, they generate quite a healthy return on that. The second thing is that then you can start to look at, you know, as I say, A to P messaging, the SMS is really good for for certain use cases, so one-time password, sending six characters out is great. Can you do that in rich business messaging? Yeah, of course you can, but it's more expensive. And, you know, the open rate and attrition rate, because it's not a native application, is slightly different. Mm-hmm. So as to, you wouldn't really move that service over to, to, to rich business messaging. But then you take something like marketing and promotions, you know, where you're sending an A to PSMS to direct somebody to make a call or a website, uh, go to a website, then clearly you can conduct all of that within a rich business messaging session. So actually understanding how much of your revenues are tied up within marketing and promotions gives you an idea of the opportunity to grow with conversational commerce. But also if you don't want to grow, it gives you an idea of what revenue potentially you'll be cannibalized by that new process. So that's pretty much what we do from an operator perspective. When we get into the aggregator environment, 
is pretty much looking at the market verticals and use cases. So, you know, they want to demonstrate to their customers they're using the most effective channels that are delivering the best return on investment. So, again, we can apply that metric to, you know, all of the channels to say, you know, WhatsApp will perform like this in this age demographic. So, you know, clearly the the, the kind of uh, middle-aged people kind of use WhatsApp and quite like it. You know, youngsters are not so much into that application. They will use it, but they'll see more advantages from certain different OTT like TikTok as an example uh, and then when you get up to you know kind of my elderly age I can only really cope with an SMS so so you know when you're managing a, a, a something like healthcare which is across the whole demographic you've got to try and meet people in a way that's going to give them the best possible service yeah, yeah. whereas when you're selling you know you're selling um, Nike trainers you've got a demographic which doesn't include me so you know you don't want to get to me so you want to use the best channel for that so so that's what we do with the aggregators um then the other element to to our, our data and use of our data is by investors. Um, because of the market and the size of the market opportunity, there's a number of M&As that go around and, and the uh, investors want to see, you know, a, a top level market view to say, you know, is the revenue this much in this sector? Is the business that's saying it's got this much market share? Can it have that market share? Yeah. So, so they use our data extensively. Um, so that's core. And then within the the new portfolio of message map iq we've started to look at um consumer engagement habits so Mm -hmm. now you know taking on some of the things we've already said i can i can tell you the best time of day to send a finance message to a demographic whether it's male you know male and female certainly different and certainly age demographics it's it's, it's very granular data uh, andy that's quite a really yeah yeah um, and, it, uh, and the other thing is, then I can tell you, you know, depending on which market vertical you're in, yeah. how many people have opted in to receive messages from, from you know, about that particular vertical, um, how many messages they're actually getting. So are they being under or over you to s- subscribe with messages? Um, and then right on the icing on the top of that, if you then decide on your channels, I can tell you from a, an ROI perspective, the cost of engagement via the channels mm-hmm. and also the ROI that you'll get by attributing a value to each product that you sell, right. uh, which then shows you the effectiveness of you know, the channels you're using. So as an upshot, really, Pat, what we would say is, you know, you can send a million messages in SMS and get a, le- a lesser return than sending 250,000 messages in WhatsApp. Oh, yeah. that's really, that's really and it is really yeah. interesting and that's yeah. going back to you know the kind of rcs dilemma is the gsma always talked about having a gold country and rcs being available to every android device whereas whatsapp didn't care about that they, they focused on growing their community um, and that's the same situation that google now faces themselves in you know they've got to grow the rcs community and they're yeah. doing a sterling job at doing it and then that creates um creates value <coughs> so, that- still, so it's pretty exciting times andy i mean it's it's, it's great to see innovation in the mobile industry because uh, you know it's um so because of the the regulation and the the uh, size of the operator groups that sometimes things are slow, but we're seeing a lot of this extra services wrapped around the networks that are actually, you know, very innovative. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, you know, the, the, the tip of the iceberg is, is just the bit, you know, the business messaging. So, you know, kind of ATPSMS in 2020 was just under 20 billion. You know, it's a nice big figure, but compared to, you know, selling chocolate or you know uh, Nike trainers, it's a small market. But then when you look at the, um, 
you know, the amount of digital marketing, digital advertising spend that goes in terms of generating, you know, your, your sales of trainers, as an example, that revenue is huge. Mm. And currently that exists within social media channels, you know, based on your conversations and your search, you see certain adverts pushed to you. Now, as people move to um, mobile engagement, so where all channels exist on a mobile phone, the actual advantage of the messaging channels is quite simple and keeps everything in one place. So you can deal with hundreds of brands just from one application, which then from an advertising perspective means that your brands need to really focus in terms of how they get messaging into, how they get their uh, digital advertising into messaging per se. So Mr. Lane would say, to, uh, you know, it's a half a trillion dollar marketplace if you start. To no, it's huge. So, Andy, look, it's been brilliant having you on the podcast. You're obviously a, a world expert in this space. Uh, we could go on for another hour, I'd say. But I really appreciate you, you know, your your overview. And it's really interesting to hear what Mobile Squared is up to. So at, on the podcast, you get, as a guest, you get to nominate the playout song. So what have you gotten? Why have you picked it? My playout song, that's really interesting. So um, I would go with Going Underground by The Jam. So that would be my, <laughs> my playout song. Um, not that we're going underground, but um, there's a new culture emerging within business messaging and it, it will be a great uh, great theme tune to take that forward. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a rocking tune and it's from a great <laughs> band, isn't it? London band, right? So, yeah. um, all right, Andy, listen, that's brilliant. Thanks very much for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Once what the public gets. Well-